the Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you, worlds they live by. For example, put the cookie down. Origins, biggest failures, fears, awakening moments, Yoda questions, yin yang, the alpha round, and their wake up question to finish. Following on from my best of season one series, you will not believe what comes out of this one as I didn't. So this is a truly unique episode. Listen to the highlights and, you know, appreciate your situation and whatever challenges you've got. And I bet you didn't have challenges like this. Enjoy. Get to the podcast. Okay, we've got another alpha woman with us today, guys. We have Judy Van Neerkirk. Uh, she's an Amazon bestseller from Against the Grain, with, which was co-authored with Brian Tracy, and that was how our paths crossed at a bestseller summit. Um, she's the founder of the Sacred Leadership. Firstly, Judy, are you ready to awaken your alpha? Oh, always, always. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I'm sleeping, I am. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to add? Any key things you'd like to add to that sort of uh, introduction? I. Well, uh, one of the most important things I think as entrepreneurs that we that is there is a tremendous amount of wisdom to be mindful of, of at the moment is the whole concept around exponential technologies because it, we're growing and, and evolving at such a fast rate that at the moment there's a lot of exponential technology development happening that is in a very deceptive phase right now so we're not aware of it but it's happening it's growing and it's and when it breaks through it comes into a stage of being deceptive and that's where uh, sorry disruptive and that's where it starts adding um, complexities to people's lives individually and and socially and also um, community and in business more importantly in business so um, that is one of the very uh, critical core facts that I work with in, in identifying the the, end, the exponential technology development that might be applicable to entrepreneurs' business and to get them to start thinking exponentially rather than linear, linearly. Um, <laughs> and the other thing is that there's a massive opportunity at the moment for, for um, entrepreneurs on the ball to connect and collaborate with entrepreneurs in the emerging entrepreneurs in developing countries because it's the entrepreneurs in these developing regions that are going to be catalyst to the next global growth, substantial global growth in our, in our economy, um, which is going to be more sustainable and based on equality and not in the hands of a few, but in the hands of many. Would you like to tell everyone where you're coming from today? Because um, you just explained to me it sounded quite, quite nice. Oh, yes. Well, I'm uh, about 200 meters on the north side of um, the Thames from Tower Bridge and Glorious. I mean, it's the most inspiring spot to work. Um, I've got an apartment on the river with a balcony that if you sit back, Ooh, um, you honestly think you're on a yacht. So it just <laughs> looks amazing. And strangely, as we just said, right in the heart of London, your, uh, your network's not too good there, <laughs> your bandwidth. I know. But... I know. At the other side of the Tower, of tower Bridge, you know, it, intercity, it, I think it's got fiber optic. It's really fast. But this side... Yeah, fiber optic hasn't reached us yet. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day. Um, I like to get right in there. Have you got like a, a quote that you like to live your life by that really resonates with you? It means a lot to me, this quote. It means so much to me. Um, is that um, what I dream of my future, or what you dream for your future, what you plan for tomorrow is as important as what you do today. So in a way, it's, it's the opposite side of don't put off to tomorrow what you can do today. It's the opposite side of that. But I think it's just more descriptive. Because it makes me, keeps me going every day that oh, 
I can put it off tomorrow, I can do it next week or next month, whatever. Now, what I plan for the future, what I dream for my future, what I plan for, my, for tomorrow is as important as today. So I think with that mindset, you do get tremendous amounts done. The sharper ones amongst us will have noticed there's a slight twang in your voice, slight accent. Uh, where are you originally from? Can we find out a little bit about your origins? Well, um, born in London, but only stayed here for a few months. So Irish parents moved back to Ireland. And um, I lived a very unusual life in Ireland um, in that I was incarcerated for about 20 years by my father. And me. Yeah. Um, that's, very, not, that's not standard, is it? No, it's not. It's not, it's not how normal Irish families bring up their children. Um, and I was incarcerated and he, you know, he'd raped me, shot me. I've been gang raped. Oh goodness. Uh, all sorts of uh, pretty... Sorry, I had no idea. that <laughs> It's horrible. <laughs> well, yes and no. Yeah, yeah, yes, it was. And, um, but uh, no, it's not because of... Um, what it's made me become, what yeah. who I've become as a result. So eventually, when I literally escaped in the middle of the night in my early twenties, I uh, went to South Africa. That's, that's picked, the accent I'm picking up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've been in South Africa now for um, um, about twenty odd years, giving away my age. Twenty odd years, and then the past couple of years, I've been now back in London. Um, and it's really weird. I grew up all through my life, you know, incarcerated, not going to schools, not being, you know, being literally locked up in a room. You were literally, was this, was this at your home at the time when you was younger? You was literally locked at home. Yeah. Yes. My father took me away from the family home and that's the environment that I lived in. But I grew up with a tremendous amount of, a tremendous fascination for South Africa. And as soon as I escaped, I felt driven to, to go there. It's, it's historically a nation of, of, being of people being overpowered and that's how I was growing up and you know I've subsequently spent the past number of years striving to empower those that are overpowered specifically around um, specifically economically was there any kind of justice done about this because obviously you I'm not vengeful but you can't go around doing that to people for 20 years has anything come of that or is it just kind of letting it go or as you can imagine in those years of incarceration it was very dark yeah. Very, a lot of hell, um, a lot of violence and fear and terror. My father would drug me. I mean, he, I was pregnant numerous times. Um, he aborted. He's not a doctor, so it's pretty violent. Yeah. Then I escaped and I went to South Africa and I built an incredibly successful life for myself. Very, I was financially uh, successful. I could never keep a job. I was always fired from every job. As you can imagine, I wasn't very well socialized. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had to become an entrepreneur. I had no choice. I had money for anything my heart desired, but I was living in hell because I was, and I was taking overdoses. And one year I took about 11 overdoses, had several near death experiences. My friends were taking bets that I wouldn't see that year out. I'd be dead before the end of the year. And the issue was that once I was living in the, the incarceration in, in those years of loneliness, I had tremendous amount of um, calm, um, strength, uh, self-love, self-worth, self-belief, um, and, and knowing that um, there was something bigger and better in the world. And that was formed through a ritual that I had that I would do every day with in a bathroom, I would look into the mirror and look into my eyes and connect down into something very deep inside me, almost like reaching down into my solar plexus. And I used to call it my something. 
and it was something that was right here and I would reach into and connect with it. And that just gave me tremendous strength, tremendous sense of calm, inner peace and, and, um, and courage. When I escaped and I, in my endeavors to become socialized, I started looking as we all do, unfortunately, started looking outside of myself for love, for acceptance, for belonging, for, for appreciation, for to be appreciated. Craziness for me, that disconnect. I disconnected from my authentic self and I couldn't handle it anymore and life was hell. Outside it was, it was heaven, but inside it was true hell. What made that like that 11th time or that time that actually sort of you started to turn it around? What made that more like an awakening type moment? Why was it any different? I think because um, every time I did do it and I went into this sort of um, comatose state, um, there was a lot of processing happening in the subconscious and unconscious mind. Um, and after I came out of a coma, my mind was very calm, very still, and I generally lived a very quiet um, life for a couple of weeks before I went off and got frenetic again. I had an ability to, to ask myself questions and be introspective and um, obviously doing a lot of writing and, and journaling and stuff like that. And it was just a process. I think it was literally just a process. And just that last time, um, you know, because the, there was there was a one time when I didn't feel like I'd achieved that level of calmness after the overdose. So straight away, I took another one. In fact, there was one I took three simultaneously. One of them whilst I was still in high care in hospital, um, in order to get that sense of calm, get that sense of. Did you ever think you was going to die? The last few, I knew that I, you know, my body was taking strain. Make no mistake about it. I was taking serious strain. Um, it was to the point where. Um, I didn't want to commit suicide. That was not the point, but it was, I needed, I, I had to reach that level of calm. If I died in the process, say la vie. Yeah. But I, life wasn't worth living in this crazy madness that was in my head. Was there anyone who really helped awaken your alpha to take it to the next level? My husband. <laughs> <laughs> he um, just became one of those solid friends that I could speak to and when it was getting crazy, I would, I would be able to tell him that, yeah, I'm going to take another overdose, whatever. And he would say, well, you've got to do what you've got to do, you know, but you know, it's stupid. You're an intelligent woman, but anyway, you've got to do what you've got to do. So we were mates for a couple of years and he was like that rock for me. In my efforts to decision or conclusion, which is I'm going through this hell because of my childhood experiences and all that sort of stuff, which, it, which is, so, excuse the language, crap. Yeah. Okay, I went through that, that, those experiences because I lost touch with my authentic self. I lost, lost who I was. So I went and I did report my father. I went back to Ireland and I reported him. Good. And the case took three years to, um, to investigate by the police. And eventually it went to trial. I went to court, went to, trial, went to the high court. And by then I was involved with Tiny. I'd, I'd take, you know, the last overdose I'd taken and I had taken, I, my life had turned a corner. I was now involved with my soulmate, my husband, yep. now husband, boyfriend at the time. And we both went over to Dublin and uh, I get an impact statement, I think it's called, in court and out of camera. So it means it was in public. Yep. And he got 54 years. It had never happened before. It made world news and, and so on. The thing is he went to prison 
um, I hadn't held out a camera because by then I'd realized it wasn't about revenge for me. It wasn't about did justice. You feel, did you feel any different? I mean, it doesn't, like you say, it doesn't change what happened. I feel different. I felt guilty. I felt guilty, yeah. Because I had a more deeper understanding of what had happened, how it happened, and, and, and so on, which, which, which we could go into, but it's another whole... Can I ask you this? Was it, was, were you just an isolated sort of incident? Or was this a history of this? Were there others or was it just you just being very... My, with my father? Yes. Yeah. It was just me. There was an obsession there. You know, even in, the, in his statement to police, he said that I was his life. We lived as husband and wife. And when I left, she, you know, I broke his heart and he'll never forgive me. It didn't help his cause. No. But three years after that, he was transferred to a hospice and the detectives phoned me and said he is, uh, you know, he's not got long to live. So I uh, knew instantly what I needed to do. So I got on a plane and went over to see him. He wouldn't see Tiny. He wouldn't have Tiny in the room. And the first thing he said to me, actually, was how could I bring another man into our life? So oh, still. my goodness. He died not long after that. But one of my most prized possessions is a photograph I have with him during one of those visits because I went to tell him that I loved him and I'm deeply, deeply grateful for him. And that, is, uh, that was very important for me to do. It was a gift that I didn't understand the, the, the power of that gift of, from the universe at the time. But as, I, as, as, the, as the following years went by, I started to really, truly understand it and value it. Blimey. So around all these issues then, I, I, really, I think it leads on, makes quite a bit of sense. Is there any advice you can give to who are just, you know, who are letting some event or some, something where they've, maybe had bad luck or had bad experiences, not just because your route, it doesn't always end out like you. And some people hold on to this crap for years and that is their literally their passport to say, I'm a loser, but this is why for the rest of their life. Yeah, it's, it's what I call, um, when you have um, experiences in life that are holding you back, that are um, creating a conflict or frustration in your life or pain and, and uh, even agony in your life, you need to charge those challenges. Because when you charge those challenges, then you can capitalize. And that's what I do today. I capitalize by teaching others yep. how to deal with their challenges. And I monetize people by my programs, by my books, by my um, coaching sessions. And then you get to champion your challenges like Nelson Mandela or Mahatma Gandhi or many other people. The foundational principle of charging your challenges is understanding that there are two sides to every story. It's understanding well, where have you gained, where have you benefited from that experience. Because every time you see just the judgment of it, the negative judgment of it, what you're doing is you're closing down your heart energy. And when you close down your heart energy, which is 5,000, magnetically 5,000 times more powerful than your brain, you're shutting down a major part of your technology. With your challenge, you're the only one that's holding you back. If you're still holding on to a challenge that, just, that is defining you, that person that you perceive has caused that for you is still abusing you. Yeah. Still giving them permission to abuse you and overpower you. Why would you want to do that? And when you do unlock that inner technology and you marry that to the outer technology, there's no limit. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. Whew. Powerful stuff, guys. I hope you got a lot out of that. And we can all appreciate, you know, our own lives. And if any of you have had the misfortune to have something on that level happen to you, you know, don't let it define who you are and who you become. On a side note, 
Judy co-authored the book with Brian Tracy. Next month, so early December in San Diego, I am co-hosting an event, AmplifyLiveEvent.com. Okay, so it's Amplify Your Speaking with Dr. Andreas Botticha. Okay, him, Nick Unsworth, Brian Tracy, and myself. This is going to be an awesome event and as an early Christmas gift. It's not my event. I'm co-hosting it, but Dr. Andreas is doing, you can get a free ticket to this event. Still, you've got to get your butts to San Diego. I know that's tough, but it's December. It's going to be warm. It's going to be beautiful. I'll be there. So, you know, we can have a little Awaken Your Alpha, a little mini mastermind on the side, maybe at the bar on a Friday night. We will see. So I hope to see you there. I know some of my friends and colleagues and people who are connected for Awaken Your Alpha are going to be there. But you can get an early Christmas gift till the 27th of November, I think it roughly is at the moment. You can get a free ticket. As crazy as that is, it's not my event, but that's what's happening. So heads up, guys. Jump over to AmplifyLiveEvent.com and you can check it all out for yourself. It is legit and I will see some of you there. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.